Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life's too short for any of us to live enslaved. I'm Kimmy Miller, and here at the Faith Over Fear podcast, we are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We'd love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Today, we're starting a series on the promises of God, and I have the wonderful privilege of kicking off our series by discussing with you the promise of God's presence. And while we can't always see God in our present circumstances, we can still experience his presence. It's not always easy to explain, but I often refer to the presence of God as a feeling of peace, right? It's the calm we feel in the midst of chaos or the comfort we feel in the time of loss. I remember a specific time um, I was at church and we were in the middle of worship. And in this moment, I felt so close to God. It was as if he was right there in the room, almost a tangible presence that I could touch. I remember wanting to just stay in that place, in that moment and not leave. I can still remember it where he felt so close and so real. Maybe you've had a similar experience where it felt as if God was right there in the room with you, and you can recall how it felt in that moment even now. And the reality is just as we can feel like God is close, we can also feel like he's far away. And as hard as those moments are, those moments when we don't feel like he's there, I think those are the times that stretch our faith the most, times when it seems our world is falling apart and we feel alone, times when we're tempted to believe the lie that God has abandoned us, a lie that what we're facing is too trivial for him to be bothered, or worse, he doesn't care what's happening to us. But here's the thing. We can't base God's character on how we feel. This is where faith must step in. I mean, our feelings are great, right? Because they can alert us to what's happening around us and in us, but they can't be what determines the presence of God. Because in this life, we're going to have moments that make us feel like we're alone. We're going to feel afraid because we're going to face some hard things. But what did Jesus say? He said, in this world, you will have troubles, but do not fear for I have overcome the world. These are the truths that we have to remind ourselves of when we're facing the fire, because this world, this broken and fallen world, it wants to consume us. It wants us to conform to its beliefs and its practices. But as children of God, followers of Jesus, We are commanded to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to keep the faith and to trust our heavenly father. You know, there were three young men found in the old Testament who walked through fire for what they believed. 
like physical fire. And I'm sure you've heard of them. They're found in the book of Daniel. Now, at this time in history, Judah had been conquered by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And whenever Babylon would defeat a nation, they would identify those who were of royalty or maybe they had a special skill and they would assimilate them into Babylonian culture. So then those people would be able to work, so to speak, for Babylon. They became, they became an asset to them. So King Nebuchadnezzar had ordered that all the young men be brought to the palace so that those who were strong, healthy, good-looking could be groomed to serve in various positions throughout the kingdom. And scholars have determined that these young men were anywhere in the age from about 14 to 19 or 20 years old. Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were among those young men. Now, part of the process to assimilate them into Babylonian culture, amongst other things, was to change their name. So King Nebuchadnezzar had ordered their names to be changed, and Daniel, whose Hebrew name means God is my judge, was changed to Belteshazzar, which means Bel protects his life. Bel, also called Murdoch, was the chief Babylonian god. Hananiah, whose Hebrew name means the Lord shows grace, was changed to Shadrach, which probably meant under command of Aku, who was the moon god. Mishael, whose Hebrew name means who is like God, was changed to Meshach, which meant who is like Aku. And Azariah, whose Hebrew name means the Lord helps, was changed to Abednego, which meant servant of Nego, Nebo, or Nebu, the god of learning and writing. So we have these four young men working in the kingdom, and King Nebuchadnezzar erects a massive 90-foot-tall gold statue and orders the people of the land to worship this statue when they hear music that indicates them to do so. But our boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refuse to do so. And anyone who refuses to do so is thrown into a fiery furnace. So when Nebuchadnezzar is informed that they won't worship his gods or his statue, he becomes enraged and he calls them before him and offers them one more chance to worship the statue. And he tells them that if they don't, they will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. And he says to them, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So I'm going to pick it up from that point. And this is the book of Daniel chapter three, verses 16 to 29. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude changed towards them. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. 
So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. What a story, right? What I love about it is how it reminds me that just like Jesus was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He is with us in the fire. The hard part is we can't always see him. And if we can't see him and we can't feel him, what do we do? I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. We have to remind ourselves of what is true. This is why it's important to know the word of God, to bury it in our hearts. It's why we should make it a practice to memorize Bible verses, or at least have note cards or reminders around, maybe in our purse or stuck on our mirror. 
so that Holy Spirit can bring those truths up to the surface and forefront of our minds when our circumstances want to tell us otherwise. Truths like those found in Psalm 139, where the psalmist writes, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And we need to remind ourselves of his faithfulness to look back on our lives and see where his hand was on us, where he saved us from the fire before and where he comforted us as only he can. We have to look beyond our feelings and search for what is true. You see, God expects us to trust what he's already done, to search scriptures and to live by faith, not by sight. It's almost as if we have to look back to look forward. I think sometimes maybe this is what the disciples had to do before they received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. I mean, can you even imagine what they must have been thinking and experiencing? They walked with Jesus. They touched Jesus and they ate with Jesus. And then he was gone. The book of Matthew records Jesus's last words to them as this. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. I wonder how many times they had to remind each other of his realness. I mean, I imagine them reflecting and reminding one another of his words and his acts and his love. I mean, they knew the promise of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. And later Jesus said, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I got to be honest. If I heard Jesus say that, I think I might act a little bit like Peter and end up saying something embarrassing because I wouldn't want him to leave. But because of his love for us and his obedience to the father, we know the rest of the story. We know that he did leave. He died, but was resurrected on the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this same spirit he has given to each of us who believe that we might never have to be alone. And this is a gift. That even though we will not experience the fullness of God on this side of heaven, his presence is within us here on earth. And no matter what we face, no matter what we feel, his promise of presence is a truth we can hold on to. 
I know we can't see God, but it doesn't mean he's not there. Sometimes we just have to pray for eyes to see the unseen. We have to look a little harder. But if we keep pressing in, if we keep holding on, I believe we'll start to see and experience him in the small things. A young child's laughter, a friend's embrace, a stranger's smile, the smell of spring, and our faith. Our belief that he is with us will serve as a reminder of hope to ourselves and to those around us. I pray today that you experience the presence of God in a tangible way that reminds you of his faithfulness and love for you, a way that reminds you that you are never alone, for he is with you always. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.